This episode contains some issues that may be triggering for some of you. It contains talks of suicidal ideation and self-harm and extreme mental health. So if these are some issues that you're dealing with, please take care while you listen to this episode or maybe skip it. It's okay. It won't hurt our feelings. Welcome to the Mother Effer Podcast. I'm Beth. And I'm Jessie. We are two moms who are ready to stop being polite. And start getting real about this thing called motherhood. Because motherhood is no joke, y'all. So put on your big girl panties. Grab a drink. And and let's let's do do this this thing. Hey, guys. We're here, band. We're back. It's time for part three. Part three. Yes. Uh, Before we get started, is there anything exciting and new happening in your life? I have a concussion, so now I spend most (laughs) of my days at home doing nothing. I have something exciting new. (laughs) Yes, you do. Oh, my gosh. I got a job yesterday. Yes, you did. I'm so excited. Yes. B. I am so excited. B, I'm so I'm so fucking excited for you. So tell us all about it. Don't don't fall over. It's we're recording in the morning. Uh, Have I'm, you been I'm drinking? Really? No. I swear. There's nothing in. I got the praline raspberry pump thing, and it's delicious. So amazing. Yeah. Everybody yes. needs to try it. Yes. 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 Um, tell us about your job. I, it's a job with Purdue University. Very cool. And it's fully remote, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I am an associate contract analyst. So basically, I help them go. Like organize and mm-hmm. look through all of their agreements that deal with the grants and research that they do at the cool. university. Yeah, nice. We're gonna like. I'm excited. That I'm is so look awesome. Into some pretty cool stuff. And yeah, they're called the Boilermakers, which just seems really appropriate. Yeah, I agree totally, hundred percent. I love it. <laughs> I am so excited for you. And like, I know that there's so many moms out there, and because I, I see this all the time in our moms groups where they're. I need a job and I don't know what to get because right. I'm still the primary caregiver for right. our kids and childcare is expensive and the kids get out of school at two o'clock and then like, w- like how can I work because we need the money right? and also be a mom. That's and what so- I, I mentioned it before. I'm going to keep mentioning it. it. Both parents need to work these days and yeah. that being the case, it's time for corporations to start stepping up and paying for childcare or providing it on site. Yeah, absolutely. It just should be part of the benefits and, package. And remote should always be an option. It should. Yeah. So I think that that's, you know, and I think since the pandemic, it's definitely stepped up for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's actually a website called remote.co, not .com, um, that is only remote jobs. And so every time I see one of those posts, I always recommend it. Oh, yeah. Um, And just because it's so much, so much easier, you know, trying to, and it's, look, I say easier. I shouldn't say that. It's fucking hard. Working from home yeah. and having kids at the same time. Okay? It's hard working from home, having kids. It's isolating yeah. a little yeah. bit. Like, yeah. I think that's the only thing about remote work that I don't like is I do love a, a water cooler moment. Like, I like talking to Yeah, my totally. People. I miss that so much. I miss a team. I miss the collaboration. Mm-hmm. I miss feeling like this is something of my own. Because when you're at the office, you kind of feel that way. Like, this right. is mine. But then at the same time, it's like you're you're almost trading, um, like, which mental health stress do you prefer <laughs> i know you know so you have to like, choose between is it harder to work from home and have your kids ask for stuff or is it harder to work in the office and wondering what your kids are doing while you're at work right exactly <laughs> yeah or paying someone to watch them and there goes your entire paycheck right so it's right. yeah so you know i think as mothers this is uh this is our life pick your poison right yeah <laughs> so <laughs> like you said i love my vices i'm gonna okay. get a shirt yeah 
bucket. And it says, on, what does it say on the back? Eat a dick? Or... Eat a dick or and fuck you or, you know, <laughs> any of those will work. <laughs> Speaking of eating dicks and life being hard. Yeah. Black Tuesday part three. Here we go. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, we, we talked last week about m- what my Black Tuesday was with mm-hmm. the accident and Ava. And I do want to mention something that my therapist said that I thought was really interesting because um, Ava has not wanted to eat any hot foods. She w- won't take a hot bath. Anything that has to do with heat scares her. Right. And I am... I, I was like, man, like, I, I just didn't understand. I mean, I get it, but I was like, man, this has, like, been five weeks, and she's still acting like this. And the therapist was like, well, think about it. The, when the car caught on fire, it was on your side, right? And then you grabbed Ava, and then you went to the passenger's door to, to get out. Mm-hmm. And you're banging on the window, and you're screaming, and you're crying, let us out, because the door is stuck. And Ava's over your shoulder. And so she's hearing you and feeling your emotions and looking at the fire at the same time. And so I was like, oh, my fucking God, like, what a revelation for me. And so it's actually, like, given me a little bit more, I guess, understanding and empathy. Because after five weeks of not sleeping and her being extremely hard, and I get it, like, she's going through a lot. But, like, it's waning on me a little bit, (laughs) you know? And I was like, man, okay, like, it kind of renewed my empathy her a little bit good so we talked all about that last week guys if you're just tuning in you need to go back to part one because this is a three-parter because yeah. black friday was just that fucked up it was black tuesday <laughs> did i say black friday you see did. that's the concussion i'm sorry <laughs> i took my adderall and it's still yeah so um so beth so when we first started off yeah that, that morning so you know the morning started off terrible for you and i was trying to get you through it we got mm-hmm. through it and you didn't tell me anything that was going on with you no which i i want to say you were going through some tough fucking shit and for <laughs> you just to like be there for me i think is one of the most selfless acts that a human has done for me in a long time oh well you're welcome and i love you for that <laughs> because you were the first person that i felt like i could go to and so good yeah so i um and so I just wanted to say I love you. Thank and, you. I love you too. Yeah. So tell us about your morning. Well, um, it goes back to Halloween, actually. Okay. Um, on Halloween night, uh, you know, our oldest has turned 18 and is struggling with being technically a adult, technically, yeah, but not at all being an adult. It's just a number. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And we've... Yeah, I, I guess you could say we've piled it on. It's like, hey, you know, you want to be treated like an adult, you need to act like one. You need a job. You need to graduate from high school. What is your plan after that? And I know it's overwhelming, and I tried to be sensitive to that. But what I saw was a child that was um, just constantly doing everything but what he should be doing, like avoiding mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And as a parent or anybody... It just weighs on you. You're just yeah. like, God, I am so done with this bullshit. Yeah. Like, when are you going to figure it out? Yeah. And Rob and I had, we had a great Halloween. Mm-hmm. He um, he and I walked around, talked, just talked about the kids and yeah. laughed about the things that they're going to do when they get older and lamented about, you know, worrying constantly about our oldest son and how yeah. that's going to play out. And this has been, I think, a theme since yeah, he was younger, grade. right? Yeah. That's, Since middle school started. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> it's been going for a while. Yeah. That's a long and time. It, and it, it is. And it, it weighs on you. Yeah. And you know, when you have four kids, 
it weighs on everybody. Right. Because you're constantly worried about this one child and his path in life. And the other three, it's like, can you guys just figure it out while we deal with this? Right, right. It's... Like I said, nobody gets the same parents. You triggers the mom guilt because then you're like, well, I'm paying so, so much, much attention to this one and the other ones aren't getting right. what so they much mom guilt. And, right. So much so all much the, guilt in general. It's just bullshit. all there. Yeah. So he had um taken the day off according to him from school Halloween. Because he's he he's needed doing a mental health school. Right? Yeah. He was like, I just need a day. And the truth is we had had problems with him doing schoolwork at my house. Like he Whenever he was at my house, it was, I'm just going to do what I want. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I didn't, like, my drive, I don't know if that's the right word. I was just tired of fighting with him. Yeah. Like, listen, if you don't want to do life, I, I'm not going to make you. Yeah. I have, to, I have other things I need to worry about. Walk around and find out. Fine. Yeah. I'm done. Mm-hmm. So he had decided to take the day off from school and then on Halloween night, he's like, hey, can I go hang out with my friends? And I said, no. I said, no. Yeah, you, set a, you set a boundary. Yeah. I was like, you can't. You cannot. Mm-hmm. You, and he, he was, you know, he was disappointed and he got real upset about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at first, because his dad was with me, he knew this isn't the time to get mad because Rob would have been involved, too. Okay. And um, once Rob left and went home for Halloween, he was like, why can't I go out? And I yeah. said... Because you took the day off from school, you need a mental health break. And I don't like I'm done for the night and I don't want to sit here wondering where you are. Yeah. Like I want to go to bed. Right. And it's a privilege to hang out with friends. Right. You know, go to school like you're supposed to and then you can have privileges. Right. And so, you know, he kind of threw a fit, told me I was the worst and whatever. I've heard it all before. Right. I'm like, okay, great. Bye. Good night. I'm going to bed. Right. And the next day, again, Slept a lot of the day, told me he did some of his schoolwork, mm-hmm. and just was, you know, being jerk. Yeah, right. And he again, you know, and this is after he lit up my phone telling me he hated me and I was the worst and all this other bullshit. Yeah. And then, of course, he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I was just upset. Mm-hmm. Can I hang out with my friends tonight? Mm-hmm. And I, I said no. Right. Yeah. Because the friends he was hanging out with, he was just driving around mm. to buy drugs, sell drugs. You know, I don't know. This is all stuff based off what we've seen on his phone. Okay. 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 Um, but it, it didn't sound like it was really good company. Yeah. And they're just burning through his gas. And I, I've always felt like a lot of Harrison's friends use him. Yeah. Because he wants friends. Yeah. And they see him and it's like, he'll drive us to wherever. He'll take us on. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I was like, if you can find somebody to come and get you, to, then you can hang out with your friends. I said, but yeah. you're not taking the car. Right. Well, why? I said, because I don't want, it's my car. It's in my name. And I don't want you being pulled over mm-hmm. and them finding something. And then it's my problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, so if you can, if somebody can come pick you up and you can not be the driver for once. Right. And sure, maybe you can hang out, but I doubt that's going to happen. Yeah. So no, you can't go out. Woo! Yeah. The world no. was ending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was just not having it. I was not having it that yeah. day. I was yeah. like, I can't. I cannot with you anymore. Yeah. You right. can't even pick up the mess in your room for me. Right. And right. you want me to just let you run around Fort Mill like you own the place? Right. No. Right. 
No, I'm an adult. Always. That's always what comes out first. I'm an adult. You need to let me do what I need to do to figure out my life. And I'm like, so was one of those things driving your friends around so that they can do delinquent bullshit? Right, right. That's not how I'm going to let you do this. Like, I still have some semblance of control over you, and I'm going to try and help you make better choices. Yeah. And he just flew off the handle. Mm. Just flew off the handle. Okay. And he's like, well, maybe I'll just leave then. Yeah. And I said, well, and this is, when he said that, this is when the day turned. Right. Okay. Because up until this point, we've heard it all before. Sure. But when you turn 18, that's a real option. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I decided to take a different tact. And so when he was like, well, I'll just leave then. I was like, okay, do you need a suitcase? Oh, he called his bluff. Oh, I did. Yeah. I said, if you're going to leave, you can't take your phone or the car, though, because those belong to your dad and I. Oh, and yeah. he was like, what? Like total. And he wouldn't right. come talk to me face to face. I was going to ask you, is this he all was, over? It text? was all through text. I'm okay. like, why don't you come and talk to me? And yeah. he refused. And I don't know if he knew if he was uncomfortable with face to face confrontation or mm-hmm. if he thought if I talk to her, she's going to make sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know which yeah. it was, but he wouldn't come talk to me. Yeah. And so. He was like, what do you mean? I earned those things. I said, you don't earn shit. And this is when I decided, okay, you want to be a man? I'm going to talk to you like a man. Right. And I was like, you didn't earn shit, Harrison. You yeah. earned the right to drive and you earned the right to have a phone. Mm-hmm. You don't pay for either one of those. Right. I do pay. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. You have never given me any fucking money. Right. None. Right. You're supposed to. Right. You've been trying to, but you can't get your shit together. Yeah. Like, I, you're not giving me any money for these things, so you cannot take them. What am I supposed to fucking do? I can't go anywhere without a car or a phone. And I'm like, this is what happens when you turn 18 and you decide you're an adult. Right. You'll need to figure it out. Right. Yeah. If you want to leave, you can leave, but all the other things have to stay. Yeah. The coddling like, will not continue. Yeah. yeah. I said, you can take your uh, um, laptop for school because that's all he can do on that laptop. Okay. So I was like, you can still do school and graduate. Like that's still set up for you. And I can give you all the information for where your doctors are and who you need to call to make appointments with and what your medications are. And I'll give you all this information. He's like, okay, fine. Yeah, please give me all that information. So I write it down. Yeah. Get it all ready for him. And I text his dad. And I'm like, all right, mm. uh, we are, it's happening. Yeah. He's, yeah. Tell, he's telling me he's going to leave because yeah. he just doesn't want to abide by our rules, which are go to school. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Rob, Rob's on board and he's like, what do you need? I said, well, why don't you come over here and bring a bigger suitcase? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So he brings a bigger suitcase, shows up, goes down. And at this point, Harrison and I have had had it out via text. Yeah. Lots of back and forth, like, I hate you, you're the mm-hmm. worst. Mm-hmm. And I love you. And I wish you would just realize that your life isn't that hard. Yeah. Like right. it's not that hard to just do school and then find a job. Right. A real job, not DoorDash where you're not DoorDashing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I was just tired. I was tired of the lies. And I knew he was lying to me. That's the sad part. You know, he's like, I'm going to go DoorDash. And he'd be gone for like eight hours. And of course, I want to believe him. And I think, oh, you must have made a bunch of money. 
And I had told him he owed me $100 a month Mm -hmm. to live in my house. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted him to get used to paying a bill. Yeah, right. Eight hours of DoorDash didn't produce $100, though. So I knew he was lying to me. Yeah. And... So Rob comes over as he like the mediator then at this point. Like well, the Rob's, one that- Rob's tr- doing the same thing I am. He's yeah. like, here's a suitcase. Let me know where you need me to drop you off. Yeah, right. And then we're just sitting upstairs waiting. And I start getting text messages from his friends like, are you checking on Harrison? I think I'm worried about him. Mm. He's saying he's going to kill himself. Mm. And I was like, uh, he's downstairs. And yeah. locked in a bathroom. Yeah. And as far as I knew, there was nothing in that bathroom. Yeah. That he could hurt himself with. And, but it's like, that is, even though I've heard it so many times with him, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. many times, it's still something that makes you want to take action, right? Yeah, of course. And Rob and I both were just, you know, he's like, no, no, mm-hmm. we're not going to talk to his friends. We're not going to get everybody involved in this like this is going on in our family and he has made a decision and after a little while Mm -hmm. rob went down there he was like do you need help packing do you because he was still in the bathroom just being real yeah like shit in our minds we were thinking he was just like oh uh oh damn it i really got myself into it now right right and um rob opened the door and he was like leaning over the toilet and he took his phone and was looking and he had Harrison had apparently texted his friends and said, I took all these pills and it mm-hmm. was a medication we had gotten for his cyclical vomiting that right. knocks him out and is, and kind of resets his brain. And Rob's like, did you do this? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, but I threw it all up. Okay. And, and Rob said he saw vomit in the toilet. And mm-hmm. so we just kind of moved past that moment. Mm hmm. And he was like, what are you going to do? Tell us what you're going to do. And he's like, well, I have a, Jacob wants me to go to this place and drop me off. And, you know, Rob was like, okay, Mm -hmm. let's go. Mm -hmm. So he packs up all of the stuff he wants to bring with him on his new life journey. Yeah. I say goodbye. He has nothing to say to me, but I said goodbye. Yeah. And Rob drove him, dropped him off. Gave him 20 bucks and was like, okay, we'll see you later. Wow. Good luck. Wow. And Rob came back. Like, I was a mess at this point. Yeah. Like, I was, I didn't get upset or cry or anything until after he had left. Yeah. And Rob came back and we talked for a while and he's like, well, you know, I dropped him off. I gave him 20 bucks. Jacob was waiting for him. So, you know, I bet this last three hours max. Yeah. Right. And we talked to our other kids who were distraught. <laughs> okay. They were like, what is going on? Because they came home from school I and I ask, immediately yeah. told them, I said, you guys need to go to the park. Yeah. Yeah. Just go to the park and I'll let you know when you can come home. And Logan, my son Logan just kind of knows the drill by now and is yeah. like, okay. And so he walked everybody to the park and he hung out with them. And then we told them they could come back. Mm-hmm. Talked about what was going on. We said, you know, Harrison is welcome to live with us as long as he would like to follow mm-hmm. our rules. But until he does that, he's made the decision to be an adult and leave. And that's yeah. his choice. But he's always welcome back. Yeah. And we told them, you know, you guys are safe. No one's getting kicked out. Like, yeah. that, that's not what's going on here. Yeah. And then we took him to Cracker Barrel. Yeah. 
<laughs> for dinner. Even I, I wait. Oh, is that why you went for Thanksgiving to Cracker Barrel? Was it like on your mind? Like, yeah. Because <laughs> Rob was like, yeah. we should order Thanksgiving. And I said, let's order Cracker Barrel. Yeah. <laughs> so we went to Cracker Barrel, the three kids and Rob and I, mm-hmm. and we had a really nice dinner. Yeah. Um, I know that sounds, I don't know how that sounds actually. And I, I don't really care because nobody's lived this life. Yeah, exactly. And no for once, judge. like we had a dinner with our three kids and we were able to pay attention to what they wanted to say and do. Yeah. They told us all sorts of stuff. They were telling us about school and about what they wanted for Christmas. And they were asking us what it was like when we first got married. And we were just making all sorts, like telling all sorts of weird stories yeah. that they didn't know about. And yeah. And then Rob's phone rang. And it was this woman who apparently had taken Harrison in. Okay. Um, they were, he found a friend whose mom said he could come to their house. And she was like, she called Rob because she was confused mm-hmm. about why we did this. Okay. Okay. She's like, why did you kick your son out? Yeah. And Rob was having none of it. He's like, we did not kick our son out. He's 18 years old. He has the legal right to say he wants to leave. And that was his decision. Yeah. Thank you for taking him in. But you don't have any obligation to. You can tell him to leave. He moved in with another parent. It was, yeah, just, you know, they took him in for the night. Okay. And she just kept trying to tell, like, I'll bring him home. Do you want me to bring him home? And Rob's like, no. Yeah. No. Like, we... (laughs) No, he has made this choice. Right, exactly. And, you know, she's like, "Uh, okay, I guess, okay. And Rob just kind of was like, okay, bye, and hung up. Mm -hmm. And we get back from dinner, and I'm on the phone with my mom. I'm a mess, just crying. Because I'm like, he's. I never wanted it to be this way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we got to a point where it was shit or get off the pot. And if you want to act like you know everything, and now you have the legal right to leave... Have fun figuring it out. I mean, you won't be the first one. Yeah, right. So I'm on the phone with my mom and Rob calls me and I'm like, all right, I got to go. Rob's calling. Mm -hmm. And the woman had called him again and said, your son is acting absolutely erratically. Mm -hmm. He's going through drawers in my house. He does not. He's not making sense. Mm. And he's not eating. I'm bringing him home. Yeah. Okay. You know, Rob, again, Rob's like, call 911. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like we were (laughs) to say we were done is an understatement. Yeah. Right. We were never going to be like, call 911. It's not our problem. It's like, call 911. We'll figure out where he's taking. Yeah. Sure. Right. But like, he needs to realize this is his shit to figure out. Yeah. Right. She refused. Mm. And so she, he was like, she's driving him back to your place. Yeah. I'm like, okay, great. So, as I'm hanging up the phone with Rob, I noticed two kids walking around outside. I was sitting on my porch and they were walking around. Mm-hmm. And one of them says, well, which one's yours? Mm-hmm. And then I hear the other kid and it's Harrison. And I was like, hear me. What? He's like, oh, hey. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. He was trying to get into his car. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. He's like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I said, come on, come on down. And I, I went outside and locked the door to my house and mm-hmm. went and mm-hmm. like went and got him and sat him down. And here, like it, the woman had parked way down the street and here she comes with his suitcase mm-hmm. to give to me. And I look at Harrison and he is not right. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, what's going on, babe? What did you take? He's like, mm-hmm. nothing. I said, well, what are, what are you doing? He's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was thinking I would just do school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are you talking about? Right. Like he's not making any sense. Not at all. And and then here comes, you know, this woman I've never met in my life oh, yeah, with the suitcase. And she was like, I don't know what's wrong with him, but something is definitely wrong with him and you need to take him to the hospital. Yeah. And I was like, thank you for taking him in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we'll take it from here. Yeah. You know, and now you can, you can go. But yeah. of course she had plenty to say to me first. <sighs> of course. And was like, I think I upset his dad, but I don't understand how father would just tell me to call 911. And I'm like, it's, I thank you for this taking him in. This is not the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, right. thank you for taking him in. Right. Where there's obviously something going on with him. We'll take it from here. Yeah. And I finally get her to leave, thank God, before Rob showed up, because oh, Lord woman. knows what that would have been like. Yeah. But Rob shows up, and he, and I'm like, he he's not right. Yeah. Something, he's on something. And, of course, Rob goes and talks to him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, buddy, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. I was thinking I'll do school and then make some beats and just very out of it. It's like mm-hmm. 11 o'clock yeah. at night. And Rob asked him again, what did you take? I swear I haven't taken anything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I guess we're going to the emergency room. Yeah. And at this point, I was a, an absolute disaster. Yeah. Because in our minds, he had taken the meds, but he threw them up. Mm-hmm. But he was acting so like like he had had a complete and utter psychotic break. Yeah, right. And that is what we thought had happened. Mm-hmm. So Rob took him to the nearest ER, mm-hmm. told him everything that had happened that day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the two of the guilt the two of us felt mm-hmm. couldn't have been measured. Yeah. And it's just, it just goes to show that as a parent, you, there's just no manual. No. <laughs> right. Not at all. You know, like we for years we've been calming him down and taking him to a di- like like usually Rob takes him to his house and just mm-hmm. is like let's chill out and let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. But this time the two of us we were like you know what, go see how hard it is and then maybe you'll stop being such a fucking piece right. of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, well, yeah. I mean, there comes a point where <laughs> that's all you can do anymore, right? right? So right, and we've we've heard him threaten to kill himself. For years now. Like, it's yeah. just something we've dealt with for yeah. a really long time. Yeah. And we always dealt with it. It was yeah. never something we ignored. It was never something we took lightly. Right, right, right. And it, it took up a lot of time and mm-hmm. effort and money mm-hmm. with the hospital stays and everything else. Yeah. And, you know, I guess to a certain degree, we, we, were, we were done. Yeah. We were burnt out. And it's right. like, okay, we've reached 18. Yeah. Now you have to figure it out. Now you have the opportunity to do exactly what you've threatened to do uh, and leave and go on your own path. Right. And, and, you know, Rob and I thought maybe this is it. Maybe he's just the type of kid that that needs to be. Right. Like needs to experience it before he'll believe it. Right. Right. You know? So they go to the ER. Mm -hmm. I don't tell my kids. Okay. Um, because I just, I'm like, I can't, they don't need, they just need to go to school and not know what's happening. Yeah. Um, Rob takes him to the emergency room and, um, 
he calls me and is like, I'm, he's hallucinating you being oh. here. He's hallucinating his siblings being here. He doesn't know what is happening. He thinks Whoa. he's at home. He's asking for his computer and his phone and his beat stuff. And, wow. and I was like, again, like this is a psychotic break. Yeah. And, and it, it, it was terrifying. And I finally went to sleep and at 3 a.m. my phone rings and it's the hospital. So I answer it and it's Harrison. What? Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, mom, just so you know, I'm in the hospital. <laughs> Dad brought me. And okay. I was like, I know, babe. Yeah, right. I know. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to go do school. And he hangs up. Whoa. So I call Rob and he's like, I literally just left to come home and take a shower. Right, right, like, right. Like, yeah. I just wanted to get some sleep, but I guess I'm going back. Yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking, what is he doing? Just wandering the right. halls, finding random phones to call me? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Sounds like What it, is maybe. happening? Yeah. And um, Rob went back to the ER, and they, they ended up trans... Like, the doctor agreed, because mm-hmm. Harrison had, had also started throwing up. So one of the cyclical vomiting mm-hmm. cycles started. So okay. he was starting to throw up. And the doctor said, this is classic, like, marijuana overdosing. And I'm like, what? I don't know what what they call it. But if you take, like, if you you take in too much THC, your body can, like, just cause, it can cause your body to vomit. And so then Rob and I are like, oh, okay. So you don't have cyclical vomiting syndrome. You're just doing drugs. Thanks a lot. Like, that was a big expense on our part. This, you know, again, like, (laughs) We've been through so much with this kid. Yeah. It's hard to believe anything he says. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. So. Did they drug test him? Yeah. Okay. And it came back negative. <laughs> okay. Actually, it was presumptive positive, which I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think it means they're just going to assume he had marijuana in his system because the symptoms matched. Oh, my God. I'm going to – I yeah. somebody has to look that up for me. I haven't looked it up. But it yeah. said presumptive positive, but it was negative, like, the, the next day. Yeah, yeah. Um. So the doctor thinks it is some kind of psychotic break and this marijuana use issue. Mm-hmm. And so they put him in an ambulance and take him to the emergency room. And he had gone to Piedmont Medical – on Gold Hill, and they mm-hmm, mm-hmm. took him to the hospital in Rock Hill. Okay. The psych ward in the ER. Oh, the God. adult psych ward of the ER in Rock Hill. Oh, God. Rob came back to my house in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, he just looked like he had seen some stuff. Mm-hmm. And the the guilt he felt was immeasurable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he even said, he was like, did I do this? Was it, is this our fault? Is this my fault for being so flippant? Is this my fault for just letting him leave? Should I have done what I've been doing for the last six years, seven years, and taken him to my house and gone through the whole process of trying to get him to calm down and see that life's not that hard? Mm-hmm. You know, why didn't I do that? Why did I do it? Why did I choose now? Because mm-hmm. we thought, you know, we didn't. We thought he was having a complete and utter psychotic break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, Beth, this is not a place you want to see. No. At all. I've been there. It's, it's and terrifying. Yeah. He was like, it, like our, you just don't need to be there. Mm-mm. And the next day, um, I was like, I have to see my kid. Yeah. I need to go see him. 
And Rob wasn't wrong. Yeah. At all. Um, it's a, he was in a room that had no windows. Mm-hmm. The bed was cemented to the floor. Yeah, right. And you could just see in the room under the lights, like where previous residents had just gone absolute apeshit. There was water stains on the ceiling. Yeah. You know, his food was on the floor, but they hadn't cleaned up where it had spilled yet. Yeah. It, it would just. Yeah. Whew. It was terrible seeing him there. Like, there's no windows. And I saw the door that to his room was left open. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it had been shut, there's no doorknob on the other side. Mm-mm. Like, he would have been in. It's a prison. Yeah. And the staff there was very nice. But when I went to visit him, they wouldn't let me back at first because they were having an incident. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, we have to get some new patients under control and then you can come back. And I was like, I just can't believe my kid is back there right now. Yeah. And when I went back, you know, the, there were people wandering the halls, just yibber jabber into themselves loudly, softly. Mm-hmm. It, oh, it, it was terrible. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. And I know that you've experienced that firsthand as an adult. As a patient, yeah. And as a patient. And to see your child who is a baby, they called him a baby adult. That's what they ended up like calling him. That's true. And I sat with him and I was strong and I was trying not to cry because I didn't want him to, to be upset. Yeah. Was he lucid? Just about. Okay. Not 100%, but just about. And... We talked for a while and then he's like, I'm really tired. I'm going to go back to sleep. And so I think I was there for maybe an hour and then I left and I got back and Rob was at my house and I just started crying. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. I said, we have to get him out of there. Yeah. This is not any place for him to be. Yeah. We have to get him out of there. And Rob said that they were already looking for places to send him because mm-hmm. that's part of the protocol. Right. I'm like, I don't, I don't want him to go wherever they want to send him. Like, I just don't feel good. Yeah. And it wasn't anything about the hospital itself. Nothing like that. You know, mental health is so low on the totem pole. Yeah. And it, to see it firsthand like that was infuriating. Mm-hmm. Infuriating. Yeah. Because these people need help. Mm-hmm. and. They couldn't like they were they were like, we're so happy you come to see your child every day. Yeah. They're they're people that are in there, adults mostly. They yeah. see nobody. Nope. Right. They're gone. They're forgotten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um or they're held for seventy two hours and drugged and then sent back. And then right. Come back and the people and, working there are yeah. saints because nobody wants to work with these people right. because they're insane. Yeah. Quotes. And some of them are really big. You know, and they can, they can get upset. Mm -hmm. Like Rob was there a few times where they had to like sedate somebody. And I was never there when that had to happen. Thank God. But, um, the next day I, uh, Rob would visit him in the morning and at night and I would visit him in the afternoon before the kids came home from school. And the next day he was completely lucid, like all Mm -hmm. there. And he looked at me and he's like, I got to tell you the truth, mom. And I said, what's, please do. Yeah, right. There's nowhere else he, to go here. We're he at didn't, rock bottom. He did not throw up those drugs. Okay, yeah. And I said, okay. 
that's okay. We need to tell the doctors that because up yeah. until this point, we had a different idea of what was going on. But if you didn't throw those medication, that medication up, that's exactly why you were hallucinating and like, yeah, over like it, it yeah. fucked you up. Yeah. And I was just thankful that there wasn't enough in the, in the pill case to kill him. Yeah. Right. And, but he told me, he was like, mom, I'm so happy I'm alive. Wow. And Has he ever said that before? Uh, you know, he's never said that before. He's never tried to kill himself before. He said, I'm going to. He has said, I want to. He's never done anything to do it okay. until now. Okay. And, you know, that's that, that's that point in the day where Rob and I both are just like, did we fuck up? Yeah. He's like, I saw, I saw vomit in the toilet. I believed him when he said he threw them up. Yeah. He's never tried before. I believed him. You know, I figured he was worried and his friends were all telling him, you know, you need to barf. Yeah. Barf right. that stuff up right now. Right. And when he said that, I, I told Rob when I got home immediately, I was like, he told me he didn't throw up the pills. And this explains why he was hallucinating and had this what we thought was a psychotic break and was acting very weird at this woman's house like everything yeah. was hitting him and um so we told the doctors that and mm -hmm. he said the same thing to rob he was he told him the truth and he said and i'm so happy that i'm alive i'm so happy to be alive yeah even in this terrible er yeah. by myself most of the day i'm happy that i'm here like i'm yeah. living this yeah and I was determined at that point. I was like, "You, we're getting you out of here. Yeah, sure. And I knew we had to figure out where he was going to go. He had to go someplace to get help. Mm -hmm. But I wanted it to be someplace I chose. And I got a recommendation to a place called Hopeway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, like I was on the phone with them daily. Yeah. And... You know, it hasn't been an easy road for Rob and I. And so he's more of the pessimist in this situation. He's like, okay. I don't expect anything to happen, but yeah. I appreciate you calling and, you know, getting the. And I was like, oh, I'm getting my cut. I'm getting my son out of this place. And you Hopeway, can, you it, can. Hopeway is an inpatient facility. It, it's inpatient and outpatient. Okay. Okay. And, but I told Rob, I was like, I'm going to get my son out of here. Yeah. By Friday, he'll be home. And he's like, well, that's a nice thought. But let's just take it one day at a time. And in right. my mind, I'm like, you don't even know. Like, it's, right. he's going to be home. Yeah. Yeah. So I called the hospital. I'm calling Hopeway. I'm calling everybody, like, psycho dialing. And I hate yeah. talking on the phone. And I, I am calling all these places, getting all the dots, the I's dotted and the T's crossed. And I still didn't know if he was coming home on Friday. But mm -hmm. I had heard rumblings from, from the doctor. And he called me on Thursday mm -hmm. or maybe it was Friday morning. And he said, you know, usually we don't let people leave until they have a program set up, but you and your husband, everyone assumes Rob and I are still married of because course. we work so well together yeah. and we just don't have time to tell him anything different. No, don't. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, you and your husband have been here every day to see your child and we can tell that you're invested in his safety and in his mental health. Yeah. Um, so as long as I know that you have something in the works, I would be happy to let him be released and go home to your care mm -hmm. today. And I'm like, awesome. So I call Rob 
And I tell him, I'm like, he's coming home. I told you. I told you. Yeah. He's coming home today. And I went and got him. Like, I went to the hospital to get him. And on my way there, Rob was like, listen, just be ready for something to go wrong. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. this is just how Rob is. Yeah. Right. He's like, don't expect things to go well. Ranko's, yeah, Ranko can be like that. And I said, this is going to go one of two ways, Rob. Either he's coming home with me. Or I'm going to cause a scene and I'm going to get put in there with him. Yeah. It's one of the two. Yeah. And I am not joking. Yeah. Like I was ready. Yeah. Of course. I'm like, put me in the room next door. What does your shirt say? Mama bear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, and I told Rob, I was like, either I'm staying and the kids are yours until we both get released. Right. <laughs> or, or my child is leaving with me. Yeah. And, and he left. We, he left with me. We brought him home. Yeah. And in the next couple days you know we got him set up with hopeway and this week he started his outpatient therapy he goes every day monday through friday for like four hours wow yeah okay and it's it's not gonna be cheap but you know i don't care no of course you know it's we'll we'll pay for what we need to pay for and we'll do what we need to do for our child right we always would have we always will yeah and um you know, this story is is my version of it. I, I can't speak to what was going through Harrison's mind. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, he told me, he's like, I really want to use this to help other people. Mm-hmm. I want to go, you know, in middle school, he was sent to alternative school because he was so bad. Yeah. And he remembers there was a guy that came who was also an alternative school student back in the day. And he, mm-hmm. like, talked to them about it. And he's like, I want to do that. Yeah. I want to talk to kids that are having a hard time and are thinking about suicide. Like, I want to help. And I remember when I talked to the doctor, I was like, you know, he said, this is no place for your son to stay. Yeah. And I said, you're not wrong. And I told him, I said, it it is terrifying there. And it it makes me angry. And he he was like, listen, if you want to write your legislators, and if you want to write your, you know, senators and congressmen, I need help in children's, adult, and geriatric mental health. Like yeah, it is everything all because they couldn't. There's no bets. This yeah. is this is the one thing because it when you know, we went through this in seventh grade and he was in the ER bedroom for a few days. Yeah. And then got shipped off like five hours away. Yeah. Yeah. Because there were no beds in Charlotte. Yeah. Yet mental health isn't something we should look into. I really feel like it is because. I can't stand that. You've been through this. Mm-hmm. You had to stay in that awful place until somebody had room for you. It was, it's terrifying because it's almost like, so you don't know what he went through, but I can right. understand and empathize. And especially if you're lucid, which I was by the time I got there and you, you <laughs> go behind the doors from, you know, the waiting room into the, place where you know they lock the doors behind you and there's no getting out you are escorted by the by the security mm-hmm. you can't just go back there no they buzz you in they buzz you out and they i mean those doors are locked behind you and and there's no turning back and then it's you can't bring anything with you you're not a you don't feel like a person anymore you've you it's it's surreal <laughs> It is. And it's dehumanizing. And the scary part is that you quickly start to get comfortable with it, which for me, like 
when I was at the mental health ER in Charlotte, which is a hellhole hellscape unto itself, Mm -hmm. like you said, people wandering, talking, screaming, crying, you know, just, I mean, like, you know, old peeling wallpaper, dingy floors, flickering lights. Yeah. Like just, it is everything every horror film is made out of is real. Yeah. And you don't know if the person next to you is going to freak out and, you know, try to hurt you or Mm -hmm. what they're going to do. And and it's, it's, uh, yeah, to be around people who are that on edge and, and you, you can feel violence just sort of just below the surface, like trembling just below. And you, um, I mean, it's no place for anybody to get well, first of all. Definitely not. It's a holding cell. And that is, that is what, that's what I couldn't, it, that's what I felt so sad about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is it's a prison. Mm-hmm. It's a holding cell. It is. It's a holding pen for people. Who right. They, it's too Whose families too literally have help. forgotten about them mm-hmm. and or can't deal with them. Right. And the, the system itself doesn't have the funding mm-hmm. to give the care that everybody needs. Like mm-hmm. there's not enough doctors to go around. There's not enough help to go around. There's right. not enough beds. There's not enough beds. Yeah. They're all full. So tell me again why mental health isn't a problem, isn't real, isn't something we need to talk about. I remember. The beds are full. Like when I was at the mental health ER, the doctor came up to me and she said, you are so lucky. A bed just opened up mm-hmm. in this new facility in Davidson. She was like, You're, we're going to transfer you in a few hours. Um, but she spoke about it like it was like this miracle. Yeah, manna from happened. heaven. Yeah. Look at this, you have a bed. It and it was because this place was so different. This was a place where you go to get well, mm-hmm. right? It is so different than the public mental health system. Um, and you do. It was the first time that a psychiatrist actually listened to me and really understood what I was going through and prescribed me the right medication, but you do get comfortable quickly. And for me, re-entry was really hard. I can I can tell you right now the process of getting there and into a bed to a facility where you can recover, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to go through. Mm-hmm. But I could see myself being in that facility and getting mental health services regularly mm-hmm. and never wanting to leave. Because nothing is expected of you except for you to take care of yourself. Right. And that is something that I think... Um, so many of us neglect, right? I mean, we always put ourselves last, you know? And so if you've been doing that, for me, I felt like Harrison has felt since I was young, right? And mental health has been an issue for me my whole life yeah. until I was in my 30s. And it came to that point where I tried to hurt myself and, you know, thought about, you know, doing all these horrible things and ended up, you know, in that place. But now that if you can if you can intervene like you are with Harrison in an extreme way, right? When he's this age, and he yeah, has, we got super lucky. You know, we maybe got super lucky because he's trajectory. eighteen, and yeah. that that caused a problem for yeah. a couple days. Yeah. and yeah. finally the doctor was even like, "He's a baby adult." He turned yeah. eighteen in August, right? Exactly. And you know we we got we got some advice. Um, I think Rob and I are going to do a um, power of attorney so that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Until we feel comfortable with Good. his ability to make choices, yeah. we'll be able to be there and be present mm-hmm. and say, okay, mm-hmm. we're not doing this. But it is easy when you're in that dark place. Um, it's not a rational place. 
So to anybody who is rational, you know, and in a healthy mental state, I would say it doesn't make sense and, and you can't understand it. And it is frustrating. But when you are in that very dark place, um, you know, it is easy for you to slip into something like he, what he did. Because right, because it, does, it seem, does. It seems so much easier. It does. It feels easier. It feels like a, almost like a relief. A relief. It's like, oh, this is going to make everybody's life better. It's just you it's, just you're done with feeling this bad all the time. Yeah. And no one can understand it. And especially at 18, you can't explain it. No. You know? And I, and, so, and Rob and I both have just like, just tell us what's going on. Let's yeah. be honest. You know, do you need help with school? Are you having a hard time with this? You know, mm-hmm. do you need us to be more involved in the people you choose to hang out with? Like what? Because. Mm-hmm. He's he's a he's an adult, right? You know, right. he's but not even, the first kid that's chosen bad friends. And even at eighteen, I don't think I could have explained any of that. Like no. I was, you know, I was just not. I was I was living, and on the outside, it would have seemed like, oh, Jesse's got, she's fine, she's wonderful, blah blah blah. Everything was internalized, so I was a little bit different in that than Harrison. I just internalized everything and held it in. But if somebody, you know, I tried going to therapy when I was his age, and it I didn't work because mm-hmm. I couldn't. I wasn't in touch yet with myself or how I was feeling or why I was feeling this way. It yeah. just and and if you aren't able to understand yourself, it's hard for a therapist to understand you, and you know. And so it's it's it is it's really really hard at that I, age. I truly like Rob and I. There, this is, you know, back at the beginning of November and Unsolved Mysteries had just like released new episodes, mm-hmm. right? And it was the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Rob had gone to visit Harrison and was on his way to see me and I was starting to watch an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Okay. My other kids were asleep and he comes over to my house and he's sitting in my room with me mm-hmm. and telling me everything that's been going on. Mm-hmm. And I know that he has a significant amount of guilt Mm-hmm. And I told him, I was like, I, I don't know. Maybe this needed to happen. Like maybe this yeah. needed to happen because, like I said, he's so happy to be alive mm-hmm. and wants to make significant changes. Mm-hmm. And we've heard that before, but this is the yeah. first time we're hearing it after he actually tried to do something. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, Rob and I decided right then. He's like, he's gonna live with me full time, and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm 100 percent on board with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll let that be the case for a while, and then mm-hmm. we'll set up. You know, he and I can go to dinner a few times. I see him almost mm-hmm. at least three or four times a week because he comes yeah. with Rob to pick the kids up or to bring them in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I saw him for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, he started at Hopeway, and like I said, Rob's a bit of a pessimist, so mm-hmm. he sent me a message after they went for their first therapy session and he had seen the place and met the people. And he's like, this place is amazing. Yeah. So it is, it's incredible. What an I actual, am, like a mental health facility that is functioning and is meant to help people. It's, I'm incredible. so excited for him. Now we'll, I'm wondering, does, um, Ham, does he have his own room at your house or he was sharing a room with Logan, right? Yeah. Okay. He so he's going to have his own room. He has his Rob. own room at Rob's house. I think he... it's going to be really important for him to have a place that's sort of away from the kids mm-hmm. and a place where he can heal. And yeah. if he needs to have a bad day, he can have a bad day in the open. Yeah. And, and for, you know, like, like I said, I'm, you know, Rob uses this phrase a lot. He's like, nothing against you. And I know he means it. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if it's the way I parent. I don't know if 
it's my being burnt out and just tired of having to remind a, a technical adult to take a shower. Right, right, right. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But at my house, he wanted to just live his life and not be bothered. Yeah. And at Rob's house, Rob's very structured. He's very this. He's very that. Mm-hmm. And so Harrison does his work there. Mm-hmm. And and that's what he needs. Right. He needs that structure. He needs that. Yeah. You know, he needs for Rob to say, okay, we're going to get up at eight. He goes to work and mm-hmm. you go to school. Mm-hmm. We go to lunch. We go to the grocery store. We do this. We do that. Yeah. Somebody who's like one-on-one with him all the time. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's working out for our family so well mm-hmm. because now I can focus on these other three kids yeah. that have just been flying in the wind. Right. Right. You know, Logan's like, I don't know. It, <laughs> the first semester of high school, the first semester of school this year can just eat a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember we were going through this with Harrison and, and that's when Logan's, Spanish teacher decided to email us and be like, Logan's failing Spanish. And Robin and I are like, we don't care. <laughs> we don't care. Not one bit. Sorry. Sorry. How it's do like, you say sorry in Spanish? <laughs> Lo siento. <laughs> Lo siento, Senor Vargas. I don't care that my son's getting an say, FA in his class. dick in Spanish? Como? El dico? Com- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Peen. I don't know. We're really sorry. Somebody all tell our... us how to say you to dick oh, in Spanish. Yes, please do. Yes, because we want to. We, yeah. we don't want to leave anybody out. Like every language, let us know what we it are is. Inclusive. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, it's so true though, because at that point you're just like you have no fucks left to give, Mm-mm. and then you feel bad because you're like, but he's my kid too, you know. And so it's well, like, it was more like Senor Vargas. I-, I just had a child try to kill himself. Yeah. Unsuccessfully, thank the Lord. Yeah. But to the point where we have a lot to deal with, yeah, including his brother who's failing your class because right. Logan was angry, right, and right. still is very angry at Harrison for, you know, just once again causing all the yeah. right the like, strife and yeah. the upheaval and the stress. Right, and, he's yeah. like now, you know, and Logan's like now I have to make sure everybody's done, you know, because Logan's yeah. that kind of kid. He's like I make sure Eddie and Mary Jane are doing okay, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you need me to? watch the kids i'm like i need you to pass yeah i'm like i need you to pass spanish well we gave up spanish can literally eat a dick we are not even attempting to pass spanish yeah this kid needs two people to teach him english how is he gonna pass spanish (laughs) with one like like the hardest guy like this guy's from spain oh come on so yeah yeah we and then i think mary jane was like i kept getting these emails about how i needed to sign a permission slip Mm -hmm. for her to go see a play mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i immediately texted or wrote i was like we've had a time yeah right and i'm sorry but yeah. i really just like what what do you need from me yeah exactly why do i get 10 emails a day about this yeah like this is what's happened here's like this is consider this her permission to go and then of course the school is like oh, oh my god we'll get counselors and we'll have her talk to guidance blah 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 right and and but that's just it, you know. Nobody really knows what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, to them, you know, Logan failing Spanish is really important. Right. <laughs> like, it's not. <laughs> right. Right. It's we just, don't care right now right. about that. Right, right, right. Exactly. Um, no, and so I feel like next semester, 
thankfully Logan or Mary Jane and Eddie will have the same classes so we can still Eddie's doing fine but we can for Mary Jane we can her grades will be fine by the end of the year but Logan yeah. in high school you only have those classes one semester and then you right. get new ones so I don't really know what's gonna happen but I know he's not the first kid to have a hard semester so I'm not like I'm not losing right. sleep over it. No, don't. And no, you have to really focus on, all right, what am I going to put my energy into right now? Yeah. You know? And it has to be a very few things because what Harrison is going through is going to take a lot of your energy. Mm-hmm. And I know that makes you feel like a shitty mom because you have four kids like me. And so we already feel, I think we already feel guilty all the time anyway, because there's just no way for us to give so much of ourselves to four people. Right. Every no. single day. Nope. Of our life. There's just, it's, it's. And somebody is always going to get that tail end of you that just doesn't give any more flying fucks, right? That's just like, (laughs) uh, you know, like, yes. (laughs) And then you feel bad about that, right? And so there's always something to feel bad about as a parent. But I think what you said hit it really on the head that you had... He had to go through this. This had to happen. It did. And And that's what I kept telling Rob. I mean, I was like, this isn't our fault. We are participants in what happened. Right. I'm not going to lose. I'm not going to blame myself for what happened. And I really, I do believe that it needed to happen. For somebody who has struggled with mental health my whole life, that was the, my breakdown was the thing that saved me. Right. And this could be it for Harrison. Right. Now there will be setbacks. Like there definitely have been for me, you know, over what, five years since this happened, there will be setbacks. And for me to hear that he said, I'm happy I'm alive so soon is a really positive thing. For me, that didn't happen right away. Yeah. No, he was like, I'm so, so happy that I'm alive. Yeah. And he apologized to us and he talked to us. Like we talked for hours about yeah. life. It was, you know, there was one day where he just kind of laid in my lap and it, you know, your kids don't do that after a certain age. Yeah, and I sure. was like, I'll take it all. Yeah. Lay here forever. Yeah. And maybe when he does start to feel like, okay, I'm, I, you know, maybe a year down the road and he does have a good grasp on his mental health. He can find opportunities like with NAMI, I think it is, you know, or, Mm -hmm. you know, organizations that, that have people come in and do speaking engagements and stuff like, you know, because so many kids are going through it. Yeah. And just don't have. And I never want, I don't ever want my other three kids to think their problems aren't as bad as Harrison. So they'll just keep them to themselves. Yeah. Because I know it's not easy being gay in Fort Mill. Are you kidding me? No. God. You know, I know it's not easy being a teenage girl. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. No. No. Eddie gets called, apparently Eddie gets called Jeffrey Dahmer because he has like old, old man glasses. Oh Oh my my God. God. He's the cutest thing ever. Fuck those people. I was like, what are their names? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Tell them to eat a dick. Yeah. But so... You know, I I wanted to make sure I told this story from a parent's perspective because I don't, I can't tell it from Harrison's perspective. Yeah, right. I'm sure he felt kicked out. I'm sure he felt that way, and I'm sh- that's what he was telling people that he was yeah. getting kicked out. Right. Rob and I, of course, were like, mm, you know, you're choosing to leave. Right, right. You can stay all you want. All right. you got to do is school and stop hanging out with thugs. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But that's not what he's hearing, and that's not what he's no, feeling. Yeah, it's not, and. You know, now he's doing school his own way. You know, at first it's like, here's all your six classes and you need to do all Mm -hmm. this much work and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It's online school. And now he does what he takes one class and he finishes it start to finish. He can just go on his own pace. 
Yes. And I think he's going to graduate in May, just like he's supposed to. And his grades are great. I keep telling him. I'm like, your grades are fine. You could get into college if you wanted to. Right, right. You know, if this is what you want to do. I said, but, you know, one thing at a time, you know, when it was you need Mm -hmm. to do your high school and you need to get a job and you need to do this, like all this stuff was piled on. Yeah. Now Rob and I are like, okay, got you out of the ER. Mm-hmm. We got you into a program. Mm-hmm. Now you go to therapy and you do school. And once that's all, you know, come mm-hmm. something that's norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll look into getting a job. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's Rob and I have decided it's like we just need to focus on one thing at a time with him. Simplify. Yeah. Really, really simplify. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think and it's, yeah, I think as parents we feel guilt over every single fucked up thing that happens with our kids, big or small, right? So it's something that we'll carry. But I I think it's awesome that you guys are um, finding a resolution. And And I would like to say, uh, you know, Rob and I are divorced. And I know that it doesn't go well for a lot of people. Yeah. But even the two of us, like we would sit and I could tell, I knew we were going through it because like we kept calling each other like honey and baby, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then then that night when he was just, he was just laying on my bed talking to me yeah, about what had gone on in the hospital. And I've got like unsolved mysteries sitting there and he was making fun of the show. It was like body in the bay. And he was like, Oh, body in the bay. And I'm like, do you want to watch it with me? You know, right, I didn't know yeah. if he needed companionship. Yeah. Because he was just, the kids were with me at the time. Yeah. He's like, no, I got to go home and, and take the dog out. But that's, that is the kind of relationship he and I have. Yeah. Yeah. You know? You're really lucky. I know. Really, and, really and, lucky. you know, he said, he was like, I, I don't know how you did it, but you said you would get him home and you did. Yeah. And I, I said, it. this is how, I, this is what I do. I love I it. I make shit happen. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, really a Black Tuesday for us. A Black Tuesday where everybody's still here. Yes. And we have lived through it. We have, yes. We have lived through 100% of our worst days and we will continue doing the same. And we're here to tell it to all of you. Mm -hmm. So. (laughs) Yeah. We are here. Yes. So. And um, if we can do it, so can you. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So next week, um, we'll uh, we're it's going to be a good one. We're going to be talking about Casey Anthony. That might need to be a three parter too. Like we have an episode per episode of that oh, show. Oh, that's a great idea. I'm I'm like still disappointed. I watched it, but I watched it, and it it was nothing but screaming. Oh <laughs> my god! See, I'm the total opposite. So we're gonna have so much to talk about. So yes. if you guys uh, haven't watched it, go watch it so you can listen in and don't get spoiler alerts or not. Just if you don't want to watch it, you just want to hear us talk about it. That's cool too. But yeah, so next week we will start our our journey through Casey Anthony and uh, all that has happened. (laughs) Oh my God, she was abused. Okay. (laughs) Save for next week. Okay. (laughs) Uh, You know, we love you guys. Yes, uh, we do. And until next week. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we'll see you later. Bye. All right, bye.